This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday Morgan's episode number 50. Joining me as always is my wonderful co-host of League of Honor. One year anniversary episode. Uh, in typical fashion, we're doing it very late in the week because Liam just watched NXT <coughs> right now because he's a very unprofessional podcast host who does have, after 50 episodes, does not have the requisite commitment to our podcast. Liam, how are you doing? Cold out, mostly. <laughs> Tired, but I'm here. To su- supply the goofs. The problem, the problem with like, you, you will have NXT fresh mm. in your memory, and I'll be like, I don't remember this show. I watched this show on freaking Thursday night. It's been three days <laughs> since well, I watched I this show. Wish I didn't have it in my memory. Ha. <laughs> it's our, it's our one year celebration. We missed, I think, two weeks, which is the reason it's episode fifty and not episode fifty two. But it's a better number anyway. So it's fine. Solo episodes in that time. Also, the one episode where Rob Reed guest hosted. Thank you, Rob. I'm not thanking Rob. I have been on all 50 episodes. You have been on, only on uh, 46. Oh, no. There was also the weird episode where we did it uh, concurrently. We didn't host it together, but we were both on the same episode. That was a fun episode. I really like that one, actually. That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> the episode where you didn't have to talk to me is one of your favorite episodes. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode, to be fair. So, yes, uh, we, we have tallied the numbers. We have run the stats. Do you want to do this at the we. start of the show at the end? No, we'll do it at the start of the show. Why not? Yeah, we'll do it at the start, and then we'll do like the mini takeover thing in between, and then we'll end hot with uh, Noah. <laughs> so yes, in our forty-nine episodes, Liam, uh, NXT has won twelve. Well done, NXT. Uh, AEW has won thirty-seven. <laughs> so I wonder. So who are we giving the first year to? Uh, I think. Well, of NXT's thirty-seven. Five of them have come in the last seven weeks. So I think we're giving of it to AW's NXT. 37. Or uh, yeah, of NXT's 12 even, sorry. Five of them have come in the last uh, seven weeks. So NXT has really run up their score in recent weeks. Otherwise it would have been much more disastrous. <laughs> just a complete blow. I was surprised to learn that there was one poll in which NXT won. Yeah, that was the disastrous AEW Christmas episode. What was that one again? The Dark Order episode that everyone detested and said this is the <laughs> end of AEW. I wonder if it would have won if d- just Marty had shown up instead. Maybe, but probably not. But yeah, NXT, that was the one week NXT won the poll. Of the 49 weeks, NXT won the poll once. Uh, we have many, many <laughs> matches of the uh, matches of the week. Sometimes we agreed, sometimes we disagreed. Uh, from that, we will decide our match of the year. Wait, we should have decided who our wrestler of the year is. Who appears the most? Uh, it's probably Kenny, because Kenny has a decent streak. Because like, there's a period where Kenny is like in match of the week for like seven out of eight weeks or something. So yeah, it's it's nearly certainly Kenny Omega. I'm seeing a lot of Wardlow. You picked Wardlow squashes twice in a row. I'm seeing a lot of Cody. I'm seeing. There's actually there's there. really not that much Cody. What what a lot of Cody are you seeing? Cody and Brody, Cody and Kingston, Cody and Jericho. What Cody and Jericho match? That's not there. Stop lying to me. It's on my one. Cody and Jericho, and you. Oh, that's Colt and Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> I was giving Cody a uh, credit for a Colt match. Colt got match of the week nearly as many times as Cody did. Cody got it twice. Colt got it once. So. <laughs> Seeing SCU a few times. I'm seeing yeah, Kenny SCU and Hangman a few times. This is freaking Cody. FTR got a week. Good for them. Actually, no, they've been two weeks. 
Actually, why are you? That was a solo episode. One of them shouldn't be there. That should just be me. I just gave you my match of the week. I just assumed you oh, agreed yeah. with me. <laughs> I like that our version of like a big year-end award thing is just us. Oh, let's, let's read from our phones and our computer screens. <laughs> what was the data? Listen, we'll post this on the Twitter account. So if you'd like to, uh, we'll post it before the podcast as well. So if you'd like to read along, this sheet will be on the sh- Twitter, the Twitter account as well. The link to it, so you can see what the matches of the week were and all that fun stuff. And when NXT won. And and go back and do an extensive rewatch of all of these. The AEW's <laughs> uh, longest streak of victory is 11 straight weeks. NXT, NXT took eight weeks to get their first win. <laughs> I would like it if, um, as you do a rewatch of the entire year, you also re-listen to every episode of the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, this is, we're the natural accompaniment to this entire thing, except the weeks we weren't doing it. NXT has won back-to-back weeks twice. Good for NXT. Congrats. Oh no, three times. Sorry, they they uh, three they, they did it the most recent of two weeks as well. So three times they've won back to back weeks. Uh, so Liam, we've decided mm. AEW wins thirty seven to twelve over the course of the last. We decided weeks. that. Yes, this is the point of the podcast to decide which is which is the better show. Then what is? It was a team effort. The match of the year. That's the question. Of these matches, you cannot pick a match. Actually, I was like. I was actually thinking of giving my match of the year to Marco's stunt against Lance Archer, but for some reason, neither of us gave the... I think that was the week that Trent and Kenny got match of the week. And I was like, oh, mm. why didn't we give it to Archer against Marco's stunt? Which it now rules it out of match of the year contention. That was See, that's your fault. You could have put it on there and put it on the ballot. I, I did not plan ahead. I did not think of our format for match of the year by uh, and uh, uh, whatever that was April May. I was going to say to be fair I don't think we thought of our format so <laughs> yes I decided this this week so, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is no this is from the start this is how we plan this to go down. Yes so our match of the year will be what's yours? It is the only match on this list that damn near touched 5 stars. Mm-hmm. It is Kenny Omega versus Park. Ooh the 30 minute iron my match. Mm-hmm. That's a very good match. I'm not sure what my match of the year is. There's candidates. There's Nick Jackson and Phoenix. A very good match. Mm-hmm. That was my number two. Which I didn't actually vote match of the week that week. I voted Darby Allen against John Moxley that week as match of the week. You fool. <laughs> There's, Stupid um, fool. <laughs> uh, Angel Garza against Leo Rush, which I thought mm-hmm. was a Banger. spectacular match. Uh, Kenny and Park is up there. I'm going to go Nick Jackson and Phoenix. Because like if I if I even though I did not vote at match of the week on the week in which it happened, uh, in mm. hindsight, it is probably one of the more memorable matches of the run of AEW so far. And yeah, match of the year, Nick Jackson and Phoenix. All right. So now that since we both voted on a different one, we can go to a poll to decide the actual match of the year. Oh, I'm not putting all these into a poll. That would take too long. Remember, no, just, no, just no, just Nick Jackson and oh, head to head, Phoenix and Park and Omega. Yeah. All right, we'll do that poll for next week, and then we will decide uh, on AEW's fake anniversary. We will decide the definitive match of the year. <laughs> Fitting that it's two AEW matches. Hey, there's uh, like as I said, my my NXT is my runner-up because I thought that Garza against Leo Rush match was fantastic. And there's pl- there's plenty of NXT matches. Cole and Riddle, that was a great match. The Gauntlet Eliminator from like last week was on there. Yeah, Cole and Balor also a great match. Mm-hmm. The uh, other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Balor and Eichner. That's a match I gave Match of the Week to once. I'm sure it was good. I do remember it. It was pretty good. There is some <laughs> matches on this list where I'm like, really? There's some weak weeks. <laughs> yeah, the week uh, Emi Sakura and Jamie Hayter against Rio and Shayna was Match of the Week for me. I'm like, oh, that must have been pretty good, I guess. I don't remember it. Yeah. Bring back Jamie Hayter. 
She was great. Or what's and what was the one? Or like Hangman and Omega versus Mox and Pack from like week four of Dynamite. Week three of Dynamite. Yeah, they went to the time limit draw. I don't remember it. And that like, no, no, that wasn't the time limit draw. That was um Pack losing, and then Mox laid out Pack after. Yeah, and I'm like, that's a big match, and I do not remember it. Yeah. And it was your match of the week, so it must have been pretty good. It was pretty good. It was better than the Darby Allen Chris Jericho match that week, according to you. I would <laughs> when Chris Jericho rode on the skateboard. Yeah. So this is the best part of this, it's just us reminiscing about the first few episodes of AW. Yeah, trying to remember these matches. The week you gave... Uh, actually, the, the week you fell in love with two wrestlers simultaneously when you gave Wardlow mm. versus Lee Johnson match of the week. Ah. Oh, yeah, that was... And you weren't even sold on Wardlow back then. You were anti-Wardlow. I was not anti-Wardlow. I was Wardlow you, is no, good you were in very particular circumstances. I was, I was pro-Wardlow in very particular circumstances. That's a coward's fan of Wardlow. Basically, I'm saying if you book Wardlow well, Wardlow is good. If you book Wardlow badly, Wardlow is bad. Wow, that's almost like every wrestler. Well, there's some wrestlers you can... Like Daniel Bryan, they booked into the ground and he became the biggest star on earth. So it's not really every mm. wrestler. Sorry, only if you're like the best wrestler ever. <laughs> yes, you have to be a, a generational talent to get over the bad booking. Ah, sorry, I forgot that. Well, which Wardlow is, so regardless. You gave the Phoenix Orange Cassidy match, you do not remember match of the week. <laughs> I don't remember that match. If I remember, I'm I had to sure bully you. There, there's at least like three or four weeks where it's very annoying going back through this, where I'm like, Liam, what's your match of the week? And you're like, I don't want to pick one. And you're like, I want to pick an MJF promo. It's like, no, you cannot pick an MJF <laughs> promo. You have to pick a match. Well, sometimes they're better than the matches. <laughs> it's not promo of the week, Liam. Why did I give Kyle O'Reilly against Drake Maverick match of the week? That must have been a really bad week. That was only like Most three weeks the, ago. There were, there were a lot of bad in-ring weeks. So yeah, there we go. Those are the many matches of AEW Dynamite NXT. Well, mostly matches of AEW Dynamite, but some matches of NXT. More than you'd think, less than you'd hope. Uh, it's probably still less than you think, given it's the work rate show. <laughs> is it the work rate show? Or it's, is it the pretend work rate well, show? Well, these days it's the pretend work rate show, but it used to be the work rate show. For like the first week. <laughs> and then we gave him too much credit for being the work rate show. Then they fired Leo Rush and it went downhill, so what do you what do you think? It really did go downhill after they fired Leo Rush. They should uh, I remember when like Angel Garza was on the show and like it was we were just happy because we found a new guy that we didn't really like outside of the WWE in WWE. And then they took him off the show and he's done basically nothing. <laughs> well, he's, he's been in an endless tag feud with the Street Profits. Well, they just broke up that tag team, so Great. maybe send him back to us, please. Well, that's that's year one. We're moving into year two. Liam expected this we're podcast to last to like three two. months. <laughs> you didn't expect this podcast to last like three weeks. Never mind a, a year so. Well, I didn't think like, I thought I would have given up by now. I, I, <laughs> I, um, I underestimated their stubbornness. Their perseverance, Liam. No, perseverance implies that like, it's a good thing. I just wanted to end. <laughs> Put for Liam out of his misery. I'm de- I demand that we turn this into a 2010 cast. <laughs> you know, when WWE was good. Um, I've crossed off uh, two ROH shows. So now I'm in February. Oh, you're watching Against All Odds? Uh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, what does Against All Odds? The Stars Abyss match is not good. Oh, sorry, Stars uh, Joe. No, it's Abyss. No, Joe? No, Abyss is the next month. It's Joe. Stiles Joe is not very good. Um, Curtin Anderson is okay. No. It's like 10 minutes long. You see, all the matches are 10 minutes long. This show sucks. Hey, it it was an effective tool in elevating the Pope. The show worked, even if you didn't like it. Yeah, that's fine. It's still boring. (laughs) Liam is anti-Pope. 
to be fair, like, um, I'm anti-Pope in many facets, baby. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, no, like, it's funny. TNA is a much more boring show in 2010 than Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. But, like, Ring of Honor has, like, it's the work rate show, but it's, like, also mind-numbingly boring. (laughs) It's very a weird mix right now. Why are you... What? what? So Ring of Honor is also boring? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it sucks too. But, like, it has wrestlers, like, doing epics, so, you, like, they should be good matches, but they're just not. Mm, Tyler yeah, Black, So far, maybe. I've been enjoying it. Uh, see, I like the Tyler Black Aries match. Even though you were, like, the people don't give a shit about it the, the whole time? They didn't until, like... They, they... It was... They gave a shit for spots, so they didn't give a shit for the story. It's almost like that's the story of Tyler Black's <laughs> career. Eh. Like, Tyler would hit a phoenix and they'd go, woo, but then they wouldn't care for anything else. <laughs> and that, I said it to you, like, I think the reason I liked that match more than most is because I didn't have to live through them burying Tyler into the ground before it. Ah. I got to just jump to the end game and missed the shit, so. Well, I don't remember. I remember the, what was the match that went 60 minutes? They had a draw. The was... final battle? Yeah, the final battle draw. Which, I was watching live, and they had pay-per-view issues, and it was the show where Jack Evans and Teddy Hart didn't make it, and had that weird, like, three-minute match when they got finally got there, which wasn't really a match. And then those two went 60, and I was like, no. <laughs> I, I refuse. But like, I reject this. To be fair, I can, I'll watch an airy 60-minute match any day of the week. I don't know if I want to watch Tyler Black 60-minute match. No. Speaking the problem of with Tyler, like, 60. especially... No, no, we're not going off this. The problem with Tyler... <laughs> he's just not an endearing guy. Like, he comes across as a prick, and even when he's trying to cut a rah-rah, I love wrestling promo, and it's like, I don't like you. I can't like you. You make me not like wrestling out of resentment. Yeah, it's like, I've watched one promo of you in this time period, and it's like, I want you to lose, because you're annoying, and Ares is a better wrestler, so I like him more. Uh, yeah. And now he's drawn to SmackDown. But that's a different thing. Yeah. NXT are <laughs> not involved in the draft. Well, actually, I watched the draft, so do you want me to talk about the draft? No, you do love your draft, but NXT are not involved. So we're, we're just going to move straight on to NXT, which opened with Tommaso Ciampa against Kushida. Mm. That would be a really cool match in 2014 Ring of Honor or something. Even 2014 NXT would probably be a really cool match. Yeah, but they were both in Ring of Honor at the time. Like, Kushida, that was when they were doing, like, War of the Worlds and stuff. So I was using a time period when it could have happened. I thought the match they had was perfectly fine, but then Velvet Dream comes out, and I'm like, God damn it. Well, listen, that sucked, right? You can't have nice things. But also, I didn't like the match, so... I don't like Kushida wrestling in pants now. Yeah, why is he doing this? He had such great gear. I thought that was like a one-time thing, because he was serious against Velveteen Dream. No, he's wrestling in pants. And they're not even, like, nice wrestle-boy pants. They're just, like, jeans. He's wrestling in jeans. What's he doing? Like, that's, that was definitely someone's call backstage, right? Where they're like, Kushida, you gotta be more serious now. You can't have the cool white gear. You gotta just wrestle in jeans. Well, you see, Ben Carter stole his gear, and he's like, fine, you can have it. He just gave it but, up. <laughs> yeah, but Kushida's is so much nicer. He also has terrible music. His music sucks. Uh, it's, yeah. It's the most nondescript music ever. I like Champa's new look. Yeah, Champa's got a cool look. I just, you know, he's very hit or miss. And also, he's just, like, completely aimless at the moment. He's just there, doing things. And like, Is he a heel? Is he a face? I don't know. Who could possibly tell? It's just, yeah. Poor Tommaso Ciampa. And he's probably going to start feuding with Dream now, so... They should, like... uh, uh, 
Fair enough, Johnny's there forever. He's never leaving. They should just call up Tommaso Ciampa, for God's sake. He doesn't even do Probably, anything yeah. on this show. Anymore. It's not like he, they need him. You know, it's not like this show wouldn't function without him. Well, to be fair, they probably do need him, but they're not using him anyway, so might as well just throw him up there. Even if they do need him, it's not like they're actually taking advantage of it. Ember Moon returned. Big return at TakeOver. <laughs> she was the mystery person, as we speculated, yeah. between her and Bo Dallas. I'm sad it wasn't Bo Dallas, but I'll, I, I guess I'll, I'll take Ember Moon instead of Bo Dallas. They swerved us with the Tony tease. It's, yeah, how are you? Uh, 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 the, the women's division needed it. Because uh, yes. her and, um, what's her name? What's the other one? Tony Storm also returned uh, at uh, TakeOver. So that's that's an injection of fresh blood that this division badly needed because everyone has wrestled mm-hmm. each other multiple times and the division is very stale. And these two people will create many new matches. But Because yeah. it's, it's also like, it's not like two random women's battle royal level people. It's people that can come in and be main event people on the brand. Yeah, it's people who can go straight into feuds with Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Mm. But the problem is, like, it's funny, Tony uh, cut this promo about needing like a change of scenery, and it's like, no, the scenery needs you. <laughs> it's nothing to do with you needing to face new people, it's they need to face you. Ember Moon, how do you feel? New, mm-hmm. like, Mad Max, post-apocalyptic look to her? You don't like it? It's you, stupid. You are this... burying it in the GMs. Who is this other Retribution member? She does look cooler <laughs> than the Retribution members, to be fair. No, her shoulder pad things are dumb. Not even and the way the mask goes she, onto the shoulder. It's pretty cool. You know, you know, it was the stupidest about it when she was cutting a bad promo in the ring, right? Uh-huh. And she wore these stupid little like things and a ripped shirt, and then she just had like fake jeans and sh- like runners on. <laughs> it was like this doesn't match at all. She, listen, you want some foot comfort. You always want foot <laughs> comfort. It's very important. She had, she had like her regular clothes on from the waist down, and then like her Mad Max gear up top. Maybe she didn't think she was going to be shot from the waist up and <laughs> forgot. <laughs> and to the put... promo wasn't very good either. I thought we were burying the promo. I thought the promo was fine. Like I wouldn't have been like, "Oh, what a promo!" But also, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's the worst promo of all time." Okay, well, I don't think it was the worst promo of all time, but it did come off as very, I don't know. Uh... Hi, I've been called up to uh, read a statement in front of the assembly at school. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I'm very nervous about it. That's kind of the, the emotion that I got from it. Did you ever have to do that? Yeah, a couple of times. I gave the the retirement speech for my principal retiring once in front of the entire school. See, performers at heart from the start. You see, uh, yeah, because the, 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 I, I wrote it as well. And I was like, there, there's a lot. He's done nothing, absolutely nothing but foster an environment of inclusive learning or whatever. And when I was up there, I was like, he has done absolutely nothing. And I paused a little longer than I should have. But I was like, oh no. I hope for, there was like, from the crowd, you just had a. <gasps> yeah. Teacher is desperately trying to pull me off the stage. <laughs> Women fainting in the crowd. Uh, Children crying. I'm a, clearly a very good public speaker for the like three times I've ever done actual public speaking. This is public speaking. We're speaking to the public. That's true. It's probably speaking to more people than we've ever spoken to in actual. Actually, no, there's like 600 people in that room. So maybe not. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's true at all. Hey, we have listeners, all our Wednesday War Games diehards that wait very long into the week for us to post our show. <laughs> I was also going to say, you know, I've, I have done my theatre performances. Oh, so have I. I, was, uh, I played miscellaneous roles in Snow White and the Eleven Dwarves. I played a bunch of shit. I was the colour green in a rainbow. 
Oh, you are very green with envy. <laughs> mm. And there's a very uh, concerning photo of uh, that year with uh, two boys that uh, were in this play of uh, uh, animals and uh, uh, rainbows and such. Uh, two young boys who were playing uh, animals that involved them putting on brown face paint. Oh, and it's no. very, it's very confronting image to see now. Yeah. Were you one of them? Are you trying to hide this part mm. of your history? No, I was green. I was literally the colour green. Is green any racial stereotype? Aside from Ireland, we're very green. Uh, envy. Green is our colour. Oh, it is true. We also have green as one of our colours. Isn't your colour kind of like gold? Like a yellowy gold? Yep. We have green and gold. That's our national sports colours. Green and gold. There you go. I don't know why. <laughs> what emphasis... Like... It's on our... We have, like, Australian-made stickers, and it's on that. Green and gold. Drake Maverick entered the... <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention we're in the Capital Wrestling Center. Who cares? It's the same thing we've been watching, except there's a bit of, like, fake mesh around it. Yeah, it's Thunderdome with cages, which is sure. But the Thunderdome even looks better, because the Thunderdome at least... Okay, I don't like the Thunderdome because it's way too bright. But if you just, like, tone down the brightness on all the lights, the Thunderdome's way better. Yeah, I don't but like the screens. I think they're so stupid. Like, people are like, oh, it's a great new present. It's like they add nothing. Like, literally nothing. The screen, the screens are a really good uh, example of how WWE production is, like, all flair and no substance. Yeah. Where it's like, look at all these screens, 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 screens. Okay, what are they actually putting on them? It's like, I don't know, something I made in paint? Faces, <laughs> and then some boring logos. <laughs> And then generic background GIF that I could download. Oh my god, I said GIF instead of GIF. What, oh. what was Freudian slip? Liam, no. <laughs> what was that? I'm afraid we have to cancel you. That like there there is few things that are a higher tier of cancelling than saying GIF. Yeah, I don't even I say GIF. No, <laughs> I don't know it's too I late. You've revealed your true colours. We know who you are now. What do my true colours of green and gold This is a bad episode. <laughs> well, then, to be fair, it's in line with our recent episode. <laughs> I was going to say, it's um, it's a good representation of the two shows you watched. It's fine. It's a true tribute to the 50 episodes of Wednesday War Games by being... <laughs> Just know. having our worst one. <laughs> Quick, uh, uh, Mel. <laughs> say the word Mel. <laughs> Mel, or Mel. Uh, snakes in the um, back. Just play the hits. Snakes play the hits. The fuck? Uh, um, wait, <clears throat> ready? Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to do a John Moxley. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, that's that's the emergency button. You break the glass in case of emergency, and it's just my John Moxley impression. Uh, speaking of terrible things, Drake Maverick. <laughs> um, See, you don't you really hate this Drake Maverick stuff. I hate it with a deep-seating passion because he's just a goof. He's just a goof. Why is he dancing? Why? Why? Like, <laughs> why is he dancing? I don't understand. See, you are choosing to focus on the negatives. Well, I like to focus on the positives, which is Killian Dane is a way better babyface. I don't care. I do not want to watch him team with Drake Maverick because he's dancing and it's stupid and I don't understand it. And it's like, as as you mentioned, this started with him like finding someone to fight Undisputed Era with, and now he's just happily dancing. It's like, it feels like they've dropped all of the Undisputed Era stuff. Remember when they were meant to fight Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan for the number one contendership? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a thing that will surely happen at some stage. <laughs> Remember when they were meant to fight Drake Maverick and Killian Dane over getting beaten up a bunch? <laughs> no, Drake is just busy dancing. With his whistling theme. I don't get it. 
it. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't like. I, I, typical. Spence it's also not funny. Group. No, it's not. It's just <laughs> stupid. It's just cringy. Like I don't know. It's such a weird thing. And the problem is too is like they wanted. They really tried to build Drake as a serious contender for the cruiserweight title, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just went to this. Yep. He also stole Lance Archer's gear. Maybe Lance Archer stole his gear. That's, that's, Man, this is all just subtle shots at AW. We have challenges for the world title's gear and be a goof. Yeah, it's uh, uh, messaging. He's, the, he's tiny. He's the opposite of Lance Archer. And Killian Dane represents John Moxley. <laughs> John Moxley. <laughs> yeah, just a sl- schlup. Uh, Drake and Maverick, or Drake Maverick is one person. Dane and Maverick, one. <laughs> then Dane laid them out. Uh, they beat Everrise, by the way. I don't even think we mentioned that. Who cares? I, I think one of the Everrise guys got hurt, too, because he was surrounded by doctors at the end of the match. Literally. We'll talk about this later with freaking Rich Holland, but everybody on this brand is dying. Yeah, it's the safe company. Tegan Ox is her, her, her uh, Finn Balor and Kyle Riley killed themselves yep. to take over. To be fair, they killed themselves in a sweet match. And uh, now uh, Rich Holland is dead, and Everrise <laughs> man is dead. Yeah. Well, it's because they, they're working this, like, insane style. That It's really funny. Like, if they were working this insane style and the crowd was actually into it and there was a crowd to make noise. But, like, even when they had crowds, they didn't give a shit about the stuff they would do. It's, it's like they're, they're doing, like, uh, apron spots in front of screens. <laughs> so you, I don't think you really need to be going this hard. It's almost sadder doing it in front of screens than doing it in front of nobody. At least with nobody, it's like, I'm doing it for you at home. It's like, this kind of feels like a a gladiatorial, like, clap for me screens, give me a praise, give me approval. And because, like, the screens, like, they had nothing. And they were probably on a delay as well. So it's just like, three or four seconds later, they're like, whoa. You know what? I I cannot believe they dropped a hacker gimmick the minute they actually had, like, a full arena full of screens where they could have done cool hacker shit. And then made the hacker the leader of the evil, like, (laughs) group that's invading Raw. Like, is he still a hacker at this point? Do we know? I don't think so. He's an hacktivist? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Tony Storm had a video package. It was pretty good. Yeah, she's back. She's gonna beat people up. She's cool. She is cool. She's, like, objectively just a cool chick. And, you know, she'll probably beat Eo or something eventually. Good times. Uh, the Gargano's were out walking their dog. You were very upset that they barely <laughs> showed the dog. Well, it's stupid. It's like you're doing a promo while they're walking a dog and you show the dog for literally a second. I like their tracksuits. Yeah, I hope they wear those unironically. Yeah, wear it to the ring. <laughs> like, no, just wear it in day-to-day life. Oh, yeah. I'd wear a tracksuit. If they sold a Johnny Gargano tracksuit like that, I will buy it. I'll buy a Candice one so we can match and be a pal couple. Uh, Indy Hartwell is their new pal. I like that (laughs) Gargano sold this really well. Where he's like, Indy Hartwell, who's she ever beat? Reads from Indy Hartwell. You know, I always liked that girl. I always liked her. Bright future. And then later in the show when he's looking at the screen, deeply analyzing the footage, being like, hmm... I wonder if this is all going to be like a long-term thing where it's like Indy seduces Gargano and that's going to be the big baby face turn for the power couple. Yeah, good love triangle. Been a while since we had a love triangle in the old WWE, right? I don't... Are you even big saying that... Big Bob Lash Lana? Um, yeah, that went well. Yeah. Though to be fair, Rusev was probably better used then. I say, biggest numbers, brother. <laughs> Weddings are draws. Austin Theory defeated Leon Ruff. In which Leon Ruff actually looked really good until he botched the finish. Yeah, it was like... I was watching that match and I was like, wow, look at these two enhancement talents. 
to be fair though they did set up Austin Theory to immediately like this is like the NXT you would get a win to lose to somebody like accelerated in dramatic fashion yeah this was like the personification of NXT's booking Austin Theory beats Leon Ruff and then immediately loses to a returning Dexter Loomis who immediately gets laid out by a Cameron Grimes (laughs) who will immediately lose to a Bronson Reed who will immediately lose to a Timothy Thatcher (laughs) oh it's just like an endless chain of nobody getting over isn't it yeah, and it's it's not even like subtle. <laughs> it's just uh, anyone can see this. <laughs> oh dear! Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez, sorry about their main event against Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley. Whoa! There you go. Tons of things to say about that. Uh, Ridge Holland <laughs> defeated Danny Birch, and then they had a wild Yay. brawl, which it was a good yeah, brawl. Rude. Yeah, only in Ridge, I was getting really hyped up for it. I was like, yeah, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, you were so excited for this. I was like, did you not hear that Ridge Holland is literally dead? Like, he, he destroyed I, his leg? I heard that he got injured, but I didn't hear, like, how severe it was. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be out for a little bit. And, then, you know, he'll come back. He'll do the sick Oni Lorcan match. Oni's great in this role of putting over the new monster killer. He did it with McIntyre. He did it with uh, Lars. And they were all great matches. So I was like, yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah, only does a slingshot crossbody to the floor. Ridge Holland catches him, but his leg buckles. And when that leg buckled, it seemed literally everything in it broke. It went in a thousand directions. Which is funny, because, like, you could see it, but, like, it didn't look that bad, right? It looked like, you know, he slipped and it, like, he landed awkwardly. But then you heard his blood-curdling screams. Yeah. Like, he has he dislocated and fractured his left ankle. Uh, patellar tendon rupture and patellar dislocation. So basically, his left angle, ankle and knee are just gone. They're just gone. Yeah. <laughs> Disappeared. <laughs> Which is very unfortunate because he was in line for probably the biggest push of his career. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, 
and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door here and you know how this works like he probably with those kind of injuries he won't be back for six to nine months 
bare minimum. And will that push be there when he comes back? Who knows? Yes. You would hope so. He should come back and and come onto Raw and be the freak Rich Holland. (laughs) And they should scream his nickname 10,000 times as he beats people up. Johnny Gargano was deeply analysing for this. You don't know that reference, do you? No. (laughs) Lars Sullivan returned on SmackDown this week. Oh. And he beat up a bunch of people and they called him the freak roughly 5,500 times. Well, do you know who was called the freak? Before Lars Sullivan? Rob Terry, Rob baby. Terry! Don't you steal Rob Terry's nickname. Mm. Yeah, was the Freak's finish also called the Freak Accident? I don't believe so. Ah. Uh, Johnny Rihanna was analysing that... Fo- I love this segment. Where he's just like... He's looking at the footage. <laughs> and there's like zoom-ins and circles. And I want to know. Did Indy do the editing? <laughs> I hope so. It sent him the video. But he's sitting at home on a Mac like... Oh, should I got to impress... Gargano and Candice. Uh-huh. Look look at my freaking Adobe Premiere skills. Zooming, zooming in on this and giving it circles. I would actually... See, I guess it doesn't really work as well because they're heels, but I would love, like, an endearing, like, the couple that takes it, like, under her under their wing and, like, tr- and she gets better and she improves under their, like, tutelage. Like, I wish that was the story. <laughs> but they're just going to be dopes who, like, brainwash her. <laughs> Indy Hartwell should start wearing tracksuits. She should have, like, what, what, uh, pink and blue. What is that when they get mixed together? Purple? Like, a, like purple's red. I don't know. Like a violet or something. No, Do that. it should be like a two-faced suit where it's like half pink, oh. half blue down the middle. Yeah. Timothy Thatcher had a video where he's beating up nerds and he's like, losing doesn't matter. That's so stupid. Like, they, they realize that they've booked him terribly, so they gave him a gimmick where it's like, it doesn't matter if I lose as long as I hurt people. Stupid. It's so stupid. But it's also like, who has Thatcher actually taken out? Uh, Matt Riddle has never been seen since. And maybe never seen uh, again. Well. Though probably will be, and that's very unfortunate. Well, I can tell you where he is. <laughs> On WWE SmackDown! Wow. He wasn't drafted, was Wrestling he? with Jeff Hardy. He was not drafted, no, but he could be drafted on Monday. That's true. Draft him back to you know, Evolve, which doesn't exist. Shotzi Blackheart! Yeah, exactly. exactly. Beat Shia Lee, Squash, mostly the Flow Cattle, Halloween Havoc coming up on the, whatever the last NXT of October is. I think it was the 28th, isn't it? Yeah, 28th. Mm. Um, I don't know. Shotzi. <laughs> I guess, like, this is the one month I will accept, like, a wacky Shotzi push. Yeah, she can come out in tanks and it's very Halloween. Yeah, this is the one. Okay, I'll accept the tank for October. That's it. Uh, the most important development event on NXT, Liam. Boa! Boa returned! Hell yes. Because if you remember, Boa, Boa was, like, a Loki early day Mel, you know? And then yeah, he, we're, he, we're big Boa boys. He got hurt and disappeared. So if you're a long-time Wednesday War Games listener, you'll know we're big fans of Boa. How how appropriate. Yeah, so Boa returned and then handed Jia Li a piece of paper. So she's he's apparently trying to recruit a stable of Chinese athletes, perhaps. I like how NXT is just doing Attitude Era WWE gang war stories now. It's yeah. like, just chuck everyone in their ethnic groups. There's, there's got... worse things they could do, to be fair. I guess. Go full Dragon Gate Stable Wars. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to break them up by ethnicity. Listen, how else could though? No, I can't even. <laughs> and it's like you got like the the really German white guys in there. It's just it's just not a good. I know that Eichner isn't actually German, but he's fake German in WWE. So brings us to our main event, in which uh, Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley defeated Dakota Kai and Raquel uh, Gonzalez, further building to many. I feel matches. like at some point we just have to acknowledge Raquel as Raquel because. She's, she's put the effort in at this point. Also, Mel doesn't exist anymore. Mel's not yeah, even Mel's on television. Gone. She's not even in the crowd anymore. 
upsetting. AEW has no respect for our memes. Like Wardlow's not barely on TV anymore. Mel is never on Ward- TV anymore. Wardlow's on Dark this week. Lee Johnson is never on TV anymore. Lee Johnson also on Dark this week. This is what we get for having obscure memes for wrestlers that nobody pushes. Well, okay, wait, let's just get in. Well, Emma Rich Holland gets murdered. Yeah, Rich Holland breaks all of his leg. All right, this is what we're going to do uh-huh. on the anniversary of our show. Right. We're going to invest in a new meme. Okay. We're going to okay, we're gonna come together here right now. Mm-hmm. At the end of NXT, the end of AEW, I'm going to use these two bad shows right. as a way of determining who will, who will be supporting going forward. It's Rhea Ripley. Uh, yeah, I just said we're gonna do it at the end. <laughs> Velveteen, <laughs> Austin. Th- All right, NXT Takeover Thirty One, real quick. Do you have any big thoughts oh, yeah. about NXT Takeover? Um, I thought it was a pretty decent show by current Takeover standards. I haven't really watched many Takeovers or liked many Takeovers in like three years. Mm. <laughs> so. As far as like the takeovers that I have been seeing, I thought this one was pretty decent. I thought the main event rocked, but uh, got cut short before it really got into that next gear. Um, probably because their faces were broken. Liam, hmm. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for NXT Takeover 31. Mm-hmm. And it says there are two dark matches. There were dark matches on NXT Takeover 31. Danny Birch versus Daniel Vid- Vidot, and Sure Jaya Lee against Emily and Zulas. Okay. Liam, this show is in front of no people. <laughs> First of all, how do they know about these dark matches? Second of all, why did they do them? Yeah. The PW Insider. Huh. WWE held two uh, for fans in attendance. For the, like, I don't know, for the 50 people in the attendance, they did dark it wasn't matches? Even like, it wasn't even, like, 50. It was, like, 20 people. <laughs> what an odd thing to do. They they did it for the, the fake Wade Barrett and, and uh, Beth Phoenix. That was so That's strange. Was one of them looked like Sasha Banks from, like, five years ago. I was like, is it, is it, it a time-traveling Sasha weird. Banks? I wish. <laughs> I wish Sasha Banks of five years ago was in NXT again. Doing commentary? With fake, yeah. fake Wade Parrish and fake Joseph just sitting uh, there with them. At least today Wade was back. <laughs> like, why did they do... Like, I don't, I don't know. That company baffles me in so many weird ways. Like That, that feels like such a Vince thing, too. Mm. Like, oh, we got three voices. We gotta have three people out there. People will see the announce desk and they'll be like, why are there three voices but only one person? And then, then they'll be like, wait, is there a global pandemic going on? Wait, wait, WWE isn't everything? <laughs> That's what that's the that's Vince's mind for his fans that they have escaped into the WWE verse and they don't know that COVID exists anymore. They all just live in the the, the Thunderdome screens. Is <laughs> there a permanent I wish existence? I lived in the thund- oh to be a Thunderdome screen. Uh, yeah, it was a good show. Um, no, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> takeover. Uh, this this is one of the oh takeover. Yes, I was gonna say this NXT was one of the uh, more recent shows that I just. It wasn't even like me going, eh, it was decent. And I didn't, I hated the show. I thought it was really bad and really boring. Well, let's move on to the AEW 30th anniversary then for Chris Jericho. Um, there's a Judas in my mind. There's something left for me to say. We've already done the full Judas. Actually, I'm actually kind of over the crowd Judas performance. Because like, he does it every time he comes out and you're just going to sing under me. But like every time he comes out now, he does the Judas Judas thing. And I'm like, stop it. Stop doing it every time. And he for like it, it's the forcing it. It's the forcing it. I don't like. Like it's just gonna stand there. I was gonna say I would have liked the forcing it if it was him hamming it up, 
like I said from the beginning, they should have done a karaoke screen with a Chris Jericho head going over the words. Mm. That's the way to get everyone into it and the way... To, also, to make sure that everyone fucking knows... Like, Sammy, who doesn't even know the words. <laughs> singing. Sammy, Sammy not knowing the words is quite funny. Mm. But, you know what I mean? Like, if you want all the crowd to do all of it, just put it on the screen and Jericho can get away with that because he's an egomaniac. Brian Cage defeated Will Hobbs to retain the FTW title in this a ruled. big this meat so slapper, sick. big men running into each other match. Cage won with the drill claw. I thought you hate Brian Cage. Are you suddenly a Brian Cage fan? I'm a, no, I'm a Will Hobbs fan. Because you were so unenthusiastic about Brian Cage's AEW debut. Listen, listen. You were like literally upset about it. So you can't, you can't pretend. A f- fine TV wrestler. I don't want him to main event ever. What if it's against Will Hobbs? No, <laughs> because this was good because it was an opening match. Yeah, Cage won. They ran into each other for 10 minutes, give or take. Will Hobbs is great. Is he great? I don't think he is Wait, yet. you know what? I found my next guy. Oh, it's Will Hobbs? <laughs> it's Will Hobbs, baby. Just, like the second I expressed some amount of caution about Will Hobbs, you're like, oh, all in. Time to go all in on Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs should be world champ. Uh, but yes, the, the FTW title should be the Haas division. I'm on board with this. Which I'm hoping it actually just will be that now. But not even the Haas division, like because I think Darby's going to win it. <laughs> so maybe just like the beat the hell out of each other division. After the match, Team Taz offered Will Hobbs a spot, or they'd beat the shit out of him, but Darby slowly walked out to make the save. It was a strange save. <laughs> and they, they were all very intimidated by Darby's presence. Like, they didn't even give like Will Hobbs a chance to like deny it and then they circle him. Like, Darby just came mm. out. So maybe that's a, that might be a thing where it's like... Maybe Hobbs turns on him. Yeah, because Hobbs didn't actually answer, they might, like, stew on that a little longer. But, yeah. I thought it was... Yeah, it was a good segment. Uh, not a good segment, but a good match. And uh, all in on Hobbs, baby. More importantly, Liam, the forbidden door is open. Bully it's open. Ray it's is coming open. to AEW. <laughs> wide open we never doubted it we always thought bully ray was gonna end up in aw baby called it from the start day one him and his stable of ted irvine slash and dennis miller never wrong coming never together wrong. <laughs> uh do you remember episode two remember mm-hmm. i was on i was sitting in a beanbag i don't remember the beanbag but sure we'll go with yeah, it I, I was and i said one day bully ray <laughs> Is gonna lead a stable of metal legends. Yeah. In AEW, I said that on this podcast. You remember it? We're never wrong. You can go back and check. Wrong. Go back and listen to our our history. We will. We will have definitely said it. it. It's in there. You you have to go through fifty hours of audio, but it's in there. Uh, it's probably less. Is it longer than? 50? It is probably slightly longer because we've had a couple like hour and a half episodes. Though uh, some episodes like vary between like forty five to sixty minutes. But I think it probably does on average come out longer than an hour an episode. I don't think that really mattered for the point. <laughs> this is the things that go through my brain. It's like, is it actually fifty <laughs> hours of content? <laughs> Not. Did he actually say that Bully Ray was going to lead a staple of metal legends in AEW? <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi sent a message in. It's done. Yeah. You know what? This is me. You hear that? That's me wiping my hands. Because they're clean. I know this doesn't make sense. This is not, this is not an analogy. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I was trying to be cocky, but like it doesn't work. We're right. Tanahashi's here. The yeah, we were right. We were never wrong. We were never wrong. This is inevitable. Who, who, who ever doubted us? Freaking Harold May was like, 
gone from New Japan for less than a week, and then Hiroshi Tanahashi shows up. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was like two days. <laughs> Tanahashi's like, bounced. it is time. Let's kick the forbidden door down. In front of the lion's mark, talking about how he wants to wrestle Jericho again. We did it. Like, we're never wrong. We are never we're wrong. never wrong. <laughs> it's happening. And, you know... All these nerds, all these gotten to nerds, they're all like, oh, I don't want AEW and New Japan to work together. I do. I want the Dark Order and the fucking World Tag League, all right? I want Sammy Guevara and Best of the Super Juniors. I want Tanahashi coming over and facing Billy Gunn in the rematch we deserve, all right? Yeah. That's why I'm here. I'm here for this goddamn relationship. The sanctity of their New Japan will be ruined by Orange Cassidy. Hell yes. I'm so into this. And just like... Tanahashi stole Moose's stick. He'll steal Orange Cassidy's <laughs> stick. <laughs> I'd love the idea of Tanahashi just doing the the pockets. Yeah, the the, the slow motion leg kicks. <laughs> he has the glasses on. Yeah, but I feel like Tanahashi would never be caught in fake denim. It's true. He'd wear real denim. But anyway, to summarize, we're never wrong. What do you? Why would you ever doubt us? Oh my. Kenny wrote a full diary entry and sent it to Meltzer and you you guys just assumed it wasn't going to happen. That's Archer cut a promo on John Moxley speaking of uh, uh, New Japan tie-ins in which they mentioned the Wrestle Kingdom match. Devil Mage Cry, baby. With photos. They might as well have just had the G1 announcement for next year where Kenny's in it. They might as well have just played that on the screen. They might as well like walked up like rattled a doorknob it's closed that Hiroshi Tanahashi walks up gives them the key and they open the yeah. forbidden door and you know what since Okada is washed now yeah, obviously there. he can go do his he can go do his American tour mm-hmm. <laughs> and he can you know leave Japan so you know win 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 Archer will face this is the best this is the title. best I've never felt more vindicated in my life than that moment Tanahashi was on my screen <laughs> In front of the lion's mark. Not that fake lion's mark that they had to do at the time. The real lion's mark, baby. They should have had Gato as the next person going, Oh, Jericho, you know, congrats on the 30 years. Uh, it's a big deal. Woohoo. And, uh, yep, at the end of the G1, uh, we look forward to seeing you when you attack Naito again. Uh, we have to come down a little because FTR faced TH2. This is a bad match. Yeah, but like, you know, when Hiromu <laughs> comes out and he's going to beat up Darby and we're going to get Darby Hiromu killing each other. <laughs> Darby would be a great Best of the Super Juniors entrant, though. FTR are going to be the World Tag League team. <laughs> They're just going to bore us they, the yeah, To be fair, they probably will be. Oh, dear. Yeah, they beat There's F- a solid chance that FTR are actually in the World Tag League. They beat TH2 to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles in a... This this match wasn't good. Like, and, no, it wasn't good. Like, listen to the crowd during this match. Every time TH, or every time FTR are on offense, and they completely fall asleep. Like, they silence. And I think, like, people liked TH2 as well. <laughs> like, when they did stuff because it was cool flip stuff, they were like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Poor Jack Evans really uh, botched that one spot. I'm pretty sure he kicked bald FTR in the face as well. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> TH2 should have won. They should be doing TH2 versus best friends at the anniversary. Which leaves, like, the door open. It's it's the Young Bucks. It's the forbidden door open, the, the baby. For- That's where it leaves it. The forbidden door to the FTR against the Young Bucks is clearly open for full gear. Yeah. It's been weird build. Because Young Bucks stood backstage looking mean. Doing the WWE looking at TV pose, which I did appreciate. 
Uh, I, I like how insane it was. Like, Nick had, like, a reasonable one. Matt was looking back over his shoulder at it. Yeah, Matt was literally... He had his back to the television looking over his shoulder. It was that was the That was the best Young Bucks bit in, like, three weeks, was Matt looking over his shoulder. And they super kicked the cameraman, and they were like, oh, I don't have money. But, yeah, it's like... This is what you're doing to build the FTR against the Young Bucks? Really? Well, I think that what they're going to do here is, like, this first match is going to be, like, FTR just dominate them. And they're going to be like, we have nothing anymore. The second forbidden door of the show opened as Shaq showed up. <laughs> after all his confrontations with Big Show, he's finally Bam. coming to AEW. You know what a real matchup is? What? Shaq. Wardlow. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Should do Don Callis against Wardlow. Just Wardlow versus every... Wardlow should run through the metal legends like Heath Slater, Heath Slater did to the 1000th episode of Raw. Gene Simmons against Wardlow. Yeah, let's go. These are, I mean, these are some good... Um, like, like It's all very Jericho, you know what I mean? Mm. But like, it's a very, these were good segments. I really enjoyed them. And they had the full videos on social. I was a big fan of Steel Panther going like, Jericho's a wrestler? <laughs> it's a good bit. Yeah, these are good stuff. Uh, Cody defeated Brody Lee to win back the TNT Championship in a dog collar match. Very bloody. Yeah, people really liked this match. You didn't really like this match? Oh, it was alright. I thought it was a good match, maybe a little too long. The AEW special. A <laughs> good match. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was yeah, it was a little long for me. But, you know, the big spots were real nasty, real dangerous. I appreciated that. Brody looks great in a chain, <laughs> as we said. I'm not a great fan of Brody losing, though. Well, yeah. But I think... I don't know. What are we? What is the? What's the end game with Brody? I don't know. And like, after he lost the marks, he kind of fell onto like this aimless doing nothing until this, and he won the belt. And okay, he's back. He's doing, and then he loses the belt. And it's like, all right, is his full gear match him and Colt? <sighs> like they've dropped that. That hasn't had like meaningful development in, since like before All Out, which is like two months ago at this stage. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. Maybe oh. Brody. Uh, Brody will just be in the tournament and be like. Uh... One of the final guys in the tournament. And that'll get him through to a full gear. Then after that, they'll do something different. Yeah. Because, like, full gear is a very, like... I don't know what's on that show. Well, like... Kenny and Hangman. Like, in theory, Kenny and Hangman. In theory, the Bucks against FTR. I have no idea what the world title match is going to be. Like, literally no idea. Like, Kingston is the thing they're pushing. But Mox just... Mox pinned him. They had Mox beat him. I think it's going to be Kingston and some boys. Or... Adversely, this is all just a big lead up for Park's return, and it's Park marks. That would be pretty good. It wouldn't be on very many weeks' build at this stage, but sure. I don't think you necessarily need it though, because I think that's a, a match that sells on the name alone. Like, especially if like you have like Kingston building this whole thing up, like he's got like one more guy or something, then Park comes out, beats up Mox, boom, holds uh-huh. the title up. AEW have had, like, a summer... Like, the build to Revolution was great. Then the build to Double or Nothing was meh. The build to All That was even worse. I'm like, give me a decent pay-per-view build. Get me excited about this stuff. I don't know. I'm pretty excited for a Hangman and Kenny. <laughs> if it happens. It should happen. It's one of those things where it's like, if it were WWE, they'd do a swerve and it wouldn't. And I still have you faith in AEW that they wouldn't do the swerve and they'll just do the right thing. You know what? What? Next week, right? Mm-hmm. Mox takes out Archer. Lays him out. Then... On the big screen. Jamie you know Rave. Rock and Rave infection, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you kind of stepped on my bit. Sorry. <laughs> if I'm being real. <laughs> uh, Alright, so you see. We're going to stand this on the stuff. <laughs> Alright, Mox pins Archer, right? You look up to the Titantron. You see a door, right? 
the door opens. Christy Hemi comes out. Rock and Raven faction, baby. All right. So Mox beats Archer, right? Uh-huh. You look up at the dynamite Tron. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a door. <laughs> right. Opens up. Kid Cash. Out comes the Dallas and Kid Cash reunion we've all been waiting years for. He gets rid of Jake Roberts. He's Dallas again, representing the state of Texas. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to be anyone, let's be real, it's going to be Davy Boy. <laughs> if it's going to be a former tag partner. It's going to be Brian Myers. To Myers. That's our the gate crashes. Myers. They're back together. That was Kane. They'll all be happy. <laughs> the gate crashes. Oh, dear. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a KES tag run um, in AEW. A-Dub? Yeah. They can beat the hell out of FTR. Yeah. A KES versus a Young Bucks. Uh, speaking of the tournament, we were talking about it once. Actually, no, oh, no, the bit was going to be evil. That's who I was going to do the bit with. Oh, that's well. I'm glad I cut it off because I'd be upset at that. So, uh, Orange Cassidy challenged Cody. That match will be next week for the TNT title. Even I though wish Orange it was Cassidy an literally just lost the TNT title match. Mm. But sure, should have been Dustin. Uh, Wardlow, Cole Cabana, and Hangman Page are the the next three in the tournament. Two spots Your remain. Boy, Wardlow's in there, baby. <laughs> If they give me Wardlow Kenny, if they give me Wardlow Kenny, AEW wins next year. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, Swole defeated Serena Deeb. She will face... Oh my god. <laughs> I don't care about this show. I'm just. I'm here to talk about the Forbidden Door, damn it. <laughs> forbidden Door opens. Er, Wardlow. Ishii. Let's go. They have to do that match in Japan, though. Wardlow has to go to Japan to face Ishii. Wrestle Kingdom. Wardlow versus Ishii. That match would roll. Wardlow versus Goto. Wardlow in the G1, baby. <laughs> Swole will challenge Sheeta next week for the title. Wardlow in the best of the Super G. <laughs> Let's go. I'm so happy. Ah, uh, there you go. Main event. <laughs> Chaos Project. Discussion of Big Swole and Serena Deep. There you go. You you were too busy talking about Ward, though. <laughs> that was a good match, actually. Uh, oh, there was another bunch of people. There was uh, Lance Storm, Kevin Smith, Eli Roth, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, and Chavo Guerrero, Steel Panther, Ultima Dragon, and Paul Stanley talking about The person. Forbidden Door is open. Dragon Gate and AEW working together. <laughs> All the, the impact... AEW, New Japan, and Dragon Gate is the new world order now, based on this show. This is the new Altogether Alliance. Uh, Jericho and Hager defeated the Chaos Project, <laughs> Luther and Serpentico, in our AEW main event. I'm so sad that Lance Archer didn't... Lance Archer? Lance Storm didn't take Serpentico's place. Um, Luther sure was something in this match. I actually don't mind it. It's actually quite charming I didn't mind this match. I, th- I was like, fuck it. You know what? A lot of people were really shitting on this match. And really shitting on freaking Luther. And he wasn't good. Like, he objectively wasn't. But I thought he was, like, not good in a... In the, like, QT Marshall charming way. Yeah. You know what, maybe Luther's our guy. <laughs> and honestly, watching this match, I wanted it to be a single. I was still like, this should just be Jericho against Luther. Get it the should other have been Jericho. And also, like, Jericho worked his ass off. Like, say what you want about, like, Jericho. Like, he wanted to go out there and try. I thought it was pretty... Yeah, but... Hey, man. Luther. Jericho. It, it was Jericho's 30th anniversary match. What are you going to say? You're going to get mad at the dude for wrestling his friend on his 30th anniversary? People did. Like, poor Luther. Clearly, like, he tweeted about it. That's like, oh, I you know... I felt so bad for the, the dude, man. He clearly, he's clearly getting a ton of shit. And but also, like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. Let the man wrestle his friend on his 30th anniversary in a fucking harsh, cold business where you don't have many friends. 
He's not main eventing full gear. Like Jericho's not like so indulgent that this is like a pay per view match that you paid fifty dollars. He's not in the for. fucking world title tournament or something. He's wrestling his mate on the show. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, Jericho and Hager won. Then MJF came out, gave him a clown. Jericho used the effect of the clown. <laughs> he killed that dude. He did nail that clown with the Judas effect. I actually like this segment. I know you'll probably hate it. I have no strong feelings about it. So there you go. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was pretty fun, and uh, poor Wardlow almost fucked it up. <laughs> my boy, my boy almost pulled the the thing off the clown too early. Wardlow would never do such a thing. It was just to add to the drama. Oh, that yeah, and MGF was gonna see that, and he's gonna go. You tried to mess it up. Mm. Yeah, see, but see, there you go, Wardlow. Deep storytelling. I feel like we have to put the the vibes out there in the air again, like we did last week. We do want a Sammy Wardlow Jericho stable, please. Yes. Please do this. That that would make all of this fine. Thank you. The forbidden door open, damn it. And yeah, Yoshihashi joins that stable too. <laughs> Why'd you have to go with Yoshihashi? I don't know. Um, Shingo. Shingo joins that stable. Shingo Wardlow! Oh my god. The forbidden door has opened up so many opportunities. Wardlow Ibushi... Kenny paying back Ibushi? There's so many options. Or Hangman Ibushi fighting over Kenny's love. And money. Do you remember the super card of, super card, <laughs> super card of honor <laughs> Hangman and Ibushi match? From that a few match years ruled. Ago. I went four that and a half stars on it. That match was great. They should do that match again. I like, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I was a Hangman guy from the goddamn start. I liked him before he was even in the goddamn decade. He was mediocre in the G1, though. His G1 wasn't I, great. I liked him in the G1. I had some good matches in the G1. Nonetheless, that's AEW Dynamite, mm. Jericho's 30th anniversary. Happy 30th, Jericho, on our one-year anniversary. Fuck yeah, yeah, oh, there we go. In 30 years, we'll have our 30th anniversary, and Jericho will have his 60th. And Jericho will appear on our show. Open invite to Chris Jericho. In 30 years. Only in 30 <laughs> years, though. Before then, come on, mate. Uh, Big Don Callis has an open invite from me any day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, I had a really fun point that I wanted to bring up, and now I've forgotten it because we were talking about Chris Jericho, and it's gone forever. Well, that's the end of our show then. Which was show of the week? <laughs> Just, you know, we like to end this show hot, and <laughs> that's how we do it. We come to, uh, to the end in a whimper, and which the show just ends anticlimactically, and that's it. What if it, this is like, what if like NXT cancels like their show this, and like moves it to Tuesdays, and this is our final show, and this is how we end it? Well, that's that's an, well, we'd still do a finale, like we we wouldn't just like all right, it's over now, the show is done. We would compare like a random twenty ten NXT episode with like a random twenty ten Impact episode. Impact would clearly win every week. Well, not a, not if it's the quality of their pay per views. What's your match of the week, there, buddy? Um, it's fucking Will Hobbs and goddamn Brian Cage. I had already filled it out on the dock because I knew what your yeah, match of the week would be. You knew it. You knew what this year was. It's not hard. It's the match where they slap each other. Based on the fact that you detested NXT. <laughs> yeah, well. NXT fucking suck. I didn't even really like AEW that much either, if I'm being honest. But, yeah. AEW. AEW. Big the pole. TK, baby. Open the forbidden door. Is 73-27 to AEW. AEW wins. I also vote AEW. It's a sweep. Which means, after 50 episodes, Liam, it's 38-12. <laughs> and also... AEW back on top, baby. NXT had its run. It had its chance, but we're back with the big boys now. And yeah, that's our show. Uh, exemplary as it always is. Yeah. Well, Garrett, after 50 episodes, 
it's time we close this forbidden door. <laughs> Do we have to go, like, the other side of it now to be never wrong? It's like, the forbidden door is closed. Yeah. Well, once again, we're never wrong, you know. Mm. Like, this is our biggest W of all time, because uh, everyone still, else it faulted. It still hasn't happened yet. No, there it's happened. There has not been crossover. It, this counts. This, hey, we already gave ourselves the pat on the back when they did the Kenny thing. <laughs> we were like, it's a win. We've got it. We're taking credit. We're allowed to take credit twice. Tanahashi formerly appearing on Dynamite is victory. It's just Tanahashi? What, what if, you... like, Shibata goes on? Oh, I thought you meant... No, I thought no, you saying like when Tanahashi week. appears in person. <laughs> Tanahashi being on the show is technically, like, we were right. So, like, even if nothing else happens, we were technically right. Every single time there's an open challenge on, challenge on Dynamite now, I'm just going to be like, yeah, it's Tanahashi, bro. He's coming out. <laughs> if you'd like to vote in the poll, you can follow us at Wargames Pod. You can follow me at Garrett Kidney. You can follow Liam at Larrikin. If you'd like more of your elite coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to everything elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Forbidden Door. Hello, Forbidden Door. Bye. Damn we'll talk, we'll talk you, Mel. Mel rule of Mel. Mel. <laughs> Fucking Mel. <laughs> she goes with Mel. <laughs> She's just... <laughs> I'm not sure is it funnier my sleep deprived. <laughs> it's well, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's funnier if it's these painkillers I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> the Nightmare God, Collective for a voodoo with your name is Mel. You're leaving this entire bit in. Oh. Alright. Right. Isaiah Scott defeats Leo Rush and Tyler Breeze with the JML driver. More like the JML driver. <laughs> Oh no!